Okay, we're going to get started here. All right, if I could get everybody to kind of start heading to your seats. We're going to get started here in just a minute or so. You guys are kind of find your seats, please. It's kind of, it's a little different, a little fun, a little out of the ordinary. Sometimes it's kind of interesting to shake stuff up a little bit, even if it wasn't intentional or planned. Um, in case you're wondering, we didn't just decide to, shut off half the sanctuary and I'll meet in here. Our, our um, boiler part hasn't quite arrived yet. I was complaining to somebody that, you know, I'm an Amazon guy. I love ordering stuff from Amazon. I love that I can order it and like in one or two days it's at my house, right? Um, so large iron parts for old boilers, Amazon doesn't ship those. Um, and so our part is literally coming from across the country from New York this way. And um, it's standard shipping, and it got hung up a little bit somewhere around the Midwest or something like that. So supposed to be here this week. So if you're a praying person, I would encourage you to join with me in your prayers that, that everything would be smooth and it would arrive. Um, we, we had a, a couple guys Thursday night, Richard and Greg and David, a couple others, um, came and like took the boiler all apart. So it is waiting there patiently for the installation of its new part. Um, so I just wanted to let you guys kind of give you a little bit of a status update of that. Um, I'm going to attempt to use my computer that's sitting in the other room plugged in. Um, I think my little Bluetooth thing is going gonna, is gonna to send. So, see? It's a little magic, a little bit of magic. Um, let's pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we just thank you for this morning. Lord, I thank you for um, everyone who's here this morning, God, that you brought us together. Um, and Lord, it, um, it, it feels like family, uh, just kind of being together like this, God, um, even though it was unanticipated. Um, Jesus, I ask that you would bless it. Lord God, um, I just, Holy Spirit, I, I sense you in the room. Um, I ask that you would do your work this morning. We just ask for you to come. Fill us with your presence, God. Lord, would you open up your holy word to us, Jesus? Lord, would you um, have it go deep in our minds and our hearts this morning, God? Would you speak to us this morning, Jesus? We thank you for that, Lord. Amen. 
Um, a couple quick programming notes. Um, our, some of our youth are going to be going over for a conference this weekend over in Seattle area. Um, a handful of them. So I would just, I would love it if you guys would just kind of be praying for, for that. And then um, not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday. Um, how many of you guys were here last year when the band Good Friday came and, and blessed us? So they're going to be coming again on the 11th. So not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday and doing a, like a small benefit concert for Sunrise Outreach Center. And so anything that we, um, that people donate that night is going to be going to Sunrise Outreach Center to help support um, our friends in the community who don't have homes. Um, so I just kind of want you to kind of be aware of that. I'm going to have some posters up this week. I'm going to get some stuff on social media and advertising so people can know. Um, but just kind of have that in your head. So that's not this Wednesday, but the following Wednesday, Good Friday, is going to be coming. Um, we're going to be continuing this morning in the Gospel of John. Um, John 10, 20 through 21. Let's go ahead and just jump in this. Many of them said, he is demon-possessed and raving mad. Why listen to him? But others said, these are not the sayings of a man possessed by a demon. Can a demon open the eyes of the blind? And continuing on in verses 22 and 24. Then came the festival of dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter. There it is. The dedication at Jerusalem. It was winter, and Jesus was in the temple courts, walking in Solomon's colonnade. The Jews who were there gathered around him, saying, How long will you keep us in suspense? If you are the Messiah, tell us plainly. Jesus answered, Hey, that worked. Did you see that? That was like behind the back. Ah, oh, I feel like I'm playing ball again. Uh, Jesus answered, Verses 25 through 27. I did tell you, but you do not believe. The works I do in my Father's name testify about me, but you do not believe because you are not my sheep. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I think that knowing the voice of Jesus, being able to recognize the voice of God is one of the most important as well as one of the most challenging things in our life. I know for me, you know, there's lots of voices that speak to me and lots of voices that vie for my attention and lots of things that, you know, they're just not healthy for me. They're just not good. My own thoughts a lot of times really betray me. How many people here... Um, have ever been around somebody, and you're like, you know what, they really don't like me. Like, this person does not like me. And then, like, you talk to them, and they're like, you're a crazy person. What are you talking about that I don't like you? You're fine. Like, you're, I don't dislike you, but our brains, like, they tell us these, these lies or this, these misinterpretations are, are like we, we, we pick up on these social cues in the wrong way. Like man, myself, that voice, or sometimes even the voices of others, right? Maybe somebody says something to me that's really disparaging to me. Maybe somebody says something to me, or they make a judgment about me and they tell me about it, right? Like, you know what? Why, why are you such a jerk? Why are you so mean to people? 
why are you, you know, and then like, and then I like, I look at myself and I'm like, am I a jerk? Am I bad to people? Is this, you know, like, and so like that, their voice speaking to me, do I, I don't have to own that, right? I read this thing once that I love. You don't have to attend every argument that you're invited to. I was like, that's really good. Like, I don't, like, even though someone's inviting me to have a fight, I don't, I don't have to. I could just say no. I could just walk away. I was like, you know, why don't you be miserable by yourself and exclude me? Right? I just, I don't, I don't need that. So another voice that speaks to us is the devil, is the enemy, is evil spirits, is, is darkness, right? Like, sometimes the enemy just wants to, like, it says that in Scripture that he came to steal, kill, and destroy. So if you're having thoughts that are killing you, that are stealing joy from you, that are destroying you, that's from the enemy. It's not real. That's not you. God. Do, it's not from God. God doesn't want to destroy you. That's not how God looks at you. And really, like, you know, from a, from a human standpoint, I don't want to destroy myself. And so where are those feelings, where are those thoughts, where are those ideas coming from? They're coming from the enemy. And I have to learn to distinguish. What's my own thoughts? What's the thoughts of man? What's the thoughts of the enemy, the devil, the destroyer of my soul, the one who wants to utterly grind me into the ground so that I can't do anything for Jesus, so that I can't do anything for the kingdom of God? And then what's the voice of God? What does the voice of God speak to me? What does the voice of God sound like? What kind of things is it that God says to me? Speaking for myself, the, the last couple of weeks, I know for a fact I've had all three voices speak to me. Um, I had my own thoughts about who I am and what I am, and they weren't very pretty. I know without a shadow of a doubt that the enemy was trying to kick my tail this week. Um, I reached out to some of my good friends. I, my, my reflex is I grab my phone, and I've got a couple of buddies. I grab my phone, and I text them, and I'm like, help. <laughs> like, I know I am under attack. I know the enemy is trying to destroy me. And, like, I reached out to them. I'm like, will you guys please pray for me? Because I, I am going through it. Like, I... Um, Um, the, the enemy wants to destroy me, and I need help. I can't do this by myself. You guys, you, we can't do it by ourselves. You cannot follow Jesus in a vacuum. You can't follow Jesus solo. It just it, it doesn't work because the enemy gets you alone, and then he beats the crud out of you. And we have to have our brothers and sisters. We have to have our church community. We have to have our fellow believers to walk through this with each other. Because I know, at least for me, I've been following Jesus strongly since I was 13, but since I was a little kid. Um, 
and I've, I've, you know, been in ministry for years and years and years, and I still find myself in a place where I get my tail beat <laughs> by the enemy. So my, like, even though I have, you know, forty some years of following Jesus, um, every once in a while I still get cornered, and I need, I need my my brothers and sisters. I need my church family. I need my friends. I need those in my community to pray for me and to lift me up and to support me. You can't do it alone. And I need to learn to distinguish. Like I, at one point I came to a point where I, re- I was able to recognize this is not me and this is not God, so it has to be the enemy because it's trying to destroy me. It's trying to kill me. It's trying to get me to quit. And it's trying to take me out. And so I know it's not. I know it's the enemy. I know it is. So my encouragement to you is the same encouragement I give myself. Reach out. Don't try to do it alone. So I, I kind of had a few bullet points from, like I said, my experience of the last two weeks. Does what I'm hearing in my head go against Scripture? If it's not in the Bible, if I'm hearing something that is antithetical to the nature of God, God is love, right? God is holy, God is just. So if I'm hearing something that goes against the nature of God, then it can't be from God. If it's going against Scripture, it cannot be from God. Does it create anxiety in my heart and in my mind rather than peace? If it's creating anxiety in me, it's not from God. Because God, it doesn't say that God gave us a spirit of anxiety. It says that God gave us a spirit of sound mind. And courage. God gives us peace. Like, stop here for a minute. Could you guys just close your eyes? Holy Spirit, would you come? Jesus, would you bring your peace? Would you bring your spirit, God? Right here, right now, in this moment, would you visit with us, God? You sense his presence. Continue on. Can you? Could you feel that peace? That's that's the Lord. That's God. That's what God brings. God brings that peace, not that anxiety. Is the voice in your head? Is what you're hearing? Is what you're feeling? Is it accusing you? Is it condemning you? Then it's not God. If you hear something and it's accusing you or condemning you, it's not God. It's not the Lord. Is it telling me to harm myself or others? If it is, it's not God. Because the Lord doesn't do that. It's not the voice of God. And so we have, to, we have to be able to distinguish and recognize if it's the Lord or not. Jesus said, right, in this scripture, my sheep know my voice. So part of being his sheep is knowing the types of things that God would say. Knowing the types of things Jesus would tell us. That's part of being his sheep. That's Part of being his follower. 
Let's continue on. John 10, 28 through 30. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. No one will snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. No one can snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and the Father are one. No one will snatch them out of my hand. In Romans 8, 38 through 39, it says this. And I am convinced, says Paul, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life, angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Jesus Christ our, and it got cut off, Lord. <laughs> That's okay. Nothing can separate us. Now, can we choose um, to ignore God? We can. Can we choose to walk away from, from Christ? We can make that choice. God gave us free agency. He gave us free will. We can choose to dismiss God and walk away from him. That's a choice we have. But there is nothing in heaven or in hell, the earth, that can remove us from God, that can split us from God, that can separate us from God. There is nothing, Jesus says, that can snatch us out of his hand. Once you are in the hands of Christ, you're secure, you're safe, you're there. Jesus has you. Jesus has got you. I remember climbing once. And we were, my um, old youth pastor Peter and I would do these hikes. And we were up near the goat rocks. And I was slipping. And I remember like, I, you know, I was like, uh, I think I was 18 or 19 when I went hiking with him. Something like that. I was pretty young. Um, I, you know, I didn't do, know a lot about hiking, and so I wore Converse as I was hiking, which aren't really like the best hiking shoes, especially when you're going to be hiking like 90 miles, which we did. But that's what I wore because I didn't own hiking boots. Um, but we were up near the Goat Rocks, and there were still Aaron's shaking his head at me. <laughs> uh, we were hiking up there, and it was a little bit slick, and it was a little bit damp, and I started to slide. And I remember Peter reaching out and grabbing me and saying, I got you. I got you. And I, he was a solid point holding me as I was starting to slide. And, like, I was really scared. I mean, you know that kind of fear when you feel it down here? And, like, your, your throat, the bottom of your throat, throat starts to kind of clamp up, that kind of fear. I had that kind of fear because it was a long way down. Um, and it, once he grabbed my arm and said, I got you, I wasn't afraid anymore. Like, I trusted Peter. And he was an experienced hiker, and, and he was my youth pastor for years and years and years, and I knew he knew what he was doing, I, so I trusted him. So I wasn't afraid anymore. Jesus has your hand, even when you're slipping. And you can trust him. You can trust Jesus. Because no one, it says, can snatch you out of his hand. Continuing on in verses 31 and 33. 
Again, his Jewish opponents picked up stones to stone him. But Jesus said to them, I have shown you many good works from the Father. For which of these do you stone me? Again, the sarcasm of Jesus. The gentle sarcasm, but the sarcasm all the same of Jesus. It's like, so which healing is it that you want to kill me for? Which person that I redeemed from being dead do you want to kill me for? Which person who was blind that can now see are you killing me for? Which person that had leprosy that no longer has leprosy are you going to destroy me for? Which of these miracles of God that I've shown you is it that you want to kill me for? Right? It's a ridiculous thought, right? Like, why are they trying to kill him when he did all these miracles? They responded, we're not stoning you for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy, because you, a mere man, claim to be God. Jesus answered them, is it not written in your law? I have said you are gods. If he called them gods to whom the word of God came and scripture cannot be set aside, what about the one whom the father set apart as his very own and sent into the world? Why then do you accuse me of blasphemy? I said, I am God's son. I was confused by this scripture. Because Jesus said, is it not written in your law, I have said you are gods, speaking to men. Anybody else find that odd? I found it odd. Unless I don't have the coronavirus, that was my water going down wrong. I promise. So I needed to study this. I had to study this. Is it not written in your law? I have said you are gods. So in my research, searching through some commentaries, doing some research, it's a reference to Psalm 82. So I wanted to read all of Psalm 82 so that we have context. Um, I'm going to do a quick aside here. It would be really easy to take that verse out of context. I have, is it not written in your law, I have said you are God's? And suddenly I build a whole theology around that. I'm, I'm a God. Isn't that ridiculous? But like you could build a the- like if I took just that verse in it by itself, in isolation, I could twist it all kinds of ways to be really ugly and be really harmful and have really, really bad theology, right? That's why I feel like context and going verse by verse and chapter by chapter is super important. So we're going to read all of Psalm 82. It's not that long. God presides in the great assembly. He renders judgment among the gods. How long will you defend the unjust and show partiality to the wicked? Defend the weak and the fatherless. Uphold the cause of the poor and the oppressed. Rescue the weak and the needy. Deliver them from the hand of the wicked. The gods know nothing. They understand nothing. They walk about in darkness. All the foundations of the earth are shaken. I said, you are gods. You are all sons of the Most High. But you will die like mere mortals. You will fall like every other ruler. Rise up, O God. Judge the earth, for all the nations are your inheritance. 
So Psalm 82 is talking about earthly judges. That they must act with impartiality. That they must have true justice. Because even those judges, the ones who judge, must someday stand before the judge, capital J, God. Jehovah. The Almighty. So, they're being encouraged to remember that. That even though they are representing God in this world, that they're mortal. And they must eventually give an account to God for how they used that authority. However, because they stand in judgment over men, they are as gods. Because the only one who can judge is God, right? And So they're acting as a judge. So that's what this reference is to, is that they are gods. They're like God. But he also says in Psalm 82, that you will die like mere men. You will fall like every other ruler. And this is showing the distinction between them and Jehovah. Um, since I was coming across this and I thought that that text could be a, problem, a little kind of a problematic thing of calling men gods, I wanted to kind of do a little, not quite a rabbit trail, but a, an expansion of that particular verse. Because I thought, it, like I said, it caught, kind of hung me up. And I thought, well, if it's hanging me up, maybe it would hang up other people as well. The fact that men would be called gods. Um, you know, because there's been a, a history of this in, our, in, like, in the world, right? The emperor, who is God. Pharaoh, who is God, right? Like, they're men who are purporting to be gods. Um, you know, Thor. <laughs> My favorite... <laughs> superhero who, you know, <laughs> thinks he's a god. So anyway, continuing on. I won't, I won't get hung up on the MCU here at the moment. Um, so continuing on in John 10, 37 through 40. Do not believe me unless I do the works of my Father. But if I do them, even though you do not believe me, believe the works that you may know and understand that the Father is in me and I am in the Father. Again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. Then Jesus went back across the Jordan to the place where John had been baptizing in the early days. And there he stayed. It's fascinating to me that Jesus is always in these big crowds of people. And he says these inflammatory things. And then they go to arrest him and they can't. I love that because you know, the Holy Spirit's like, no, it's not time. Jesus isn't going to be arrested this day. It's not time. This is not the time. This is not the season. Later on, you'll be allowed to arrest him. But in this moment, he's still got work to do. I feel like there's a lesson in that for us too. That God sets our days. God sets our times. God sets our seasons. I was reading recently in the scripture where um, basically, I'm, I'm very much readers digesting this, okay, but the essence of it is that you were made for this time. You were made for this place. You were made for these days. You were made for this season. God placed each and every one of you into this time and this place for a purpose and for a reason, to advance his kingdom. And so we have to own that. We have to step up and say, Lord, what is it you're calling me to do? And not worry and not be concerned. Like Jesus wasn't concerned about being arrested here. Even though he knew what he said would cause them to want to kill him. 
he had the courage to stand before them because he knew God had him. He knew it would be okay. I'm plan- I was planning on ending early today just because stuff's a little discombobulated and it's a little cold. And, um, but as I was praying, as I was seeking God about the message this morning, um, I felt like the Holy Spirit speaking to me um, that there are folks here this morning, that there, there would be people here this morning who you really wrestle with this um, this thing of where are my thoughts coming from? Source of my thoughts. What, like, you know, kind of what are they telling me to do? Are they destructive? Um, are they hurtful? And so I think, um, you know, if we can recognize where thoughts are coming from, um, Jesus says that we can capture our thoughts through his spirit, through his power, that we can capture thoughts. Um, as I was praying about this, I had this kind of illustration come to mind of um, a bowling alley and a lane. How many of you guys have ever, like when you have kids, like you go to a bowling alley and they have these gutter, the gutters, right? They have these like bumpers that they can fill in the gutters, right? For kids or for kids or for Shauna. Um, you can fill them in these bumpers. And so when you get your bowling ball and you roll it, even if it's like heading to where the gutter would be, there's a bumper there and the ball bounces off of it. And while you might not get a straight, a strike every time, it's going to end up where it's supposed to be and you're going to get some pins, even if it's not a strike every time. Christian community, prayer, putting God's word in your heart, interacting with Jesus is like putting bumper guards in your mind. It's like putting bumper guards in your heart because that ball could be sailing towards the gutter and I can, I can remember the scripture, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And it can bounce off that gutter guard. It can be going towards the gutter over here and I can say the Lord is for me, not against me. That there, it can be going over to the other side. There is no, therefore, condemnation in Christ Jesus. And it can bounce off that, but, that gutter guard. It can be heading towards the gutter. And, and like I think, okay, I need, I need my guys. I'm going to text my guys. I need my community. I need help. Guys, would you pray for me? Would you lift me up? Would you encourage me? Bounces off that gutter guard. That's another gutter guard. I can be, you know, saying, Lord Jesus, I feel like I want to hurt myself, or I feel destructive, or I feel I feel like I'm a complete failure. And there's, like, I don't even, I can't even. So, Lord, I, I give it to you, because where I'm weak, you're strong. And so, Lord, I give this to you. I give this area that I just, I don't feel like I can succeed. I don't feel like there's anything I can do right. And so, Lord, I'm giving it to you because I, there's nothing else I can do. And so it can bounce off that gutter guard. And like I said, you might be not be hitting strikes, but you're going to get some pins. And every once in a while, you're going to hit a strike too. But at least your mental thought, your ball, didn't end up in the gutter. Right? At least it didn't end up in that gutter. 
And so this week, my encouragement to you is put some of these things in your life. Dig into Scripture. Put God's Word in your heart. Find those scriptures that can support you when times are tough, when things are hard, when you're feeling not good about yourself. Go, you know, go back to, um, uh, wrong direction here, hold on. That Romans 8 chapter. Here it is. I'm convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love. Neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all of creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus. Plant that in your heart and mind. Own that. Stick that in your gutter of a mind. Stick that in your gutter of a mind. And let those mental balls bounce off of that. I want to pray. And then we're going to end. Like I said, I wanted to end early today. Um, So I'm going to just um, ask, Lord, would you come? Holy Spirit, would you come? Lord, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I bind any destructive, hurtful thought on any person here in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, in the name of Jesus, would you release the captives? Would you break the chains? Lord, would you give freedom to those who are bound, Lord God? Lord, I ask right now in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, by the power of your Holy Spirit, would you bring freedom to the captives, God? Lord, would you show us how to hold every stray thought captive, Lord Jesus, to you? Lord, could we put that under your lordship? Lord, I ask right now by the power of the Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, would you come And would you bless your people, Lord? Lord, would you visit us this morning, God? Lord, would you give us your presence? Would you give us your spirit? Lord, your sheep want to know your voice. Lord, would you teach us? Would you show us how to hear you, God? Would you show us how to distinguish between man and devil? And Lord, the only voice that matters that is you. Lord, would you teach us? Would you guide us? Would you direct us? Would you give us the blessing that is your voice in our minds and our hearts, Lord God? So, Lord, in the name of Jesus, I ask for that blessing, God, over these people, Lord. Lord, I ask that your Holy Spirit would be a constant companion for each and every one of us. That you would come alongside us. That you would walk with us. And in those moments where that attack comes, Holy Spirit, would you intercede? Would you interject yourself in between that attack and us? Lord, I ask for your protection, God. Lord, would you put the armor of God on each and every one of us today, Lord Jesus? Lord, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the shoes of the gospel of peace. 
Lord, the sword of the Spirit that is your word and the shield of faith, Lord God. Lord, would you fully equip each and every person here, Lord Jesus, to walk out the kingdom work that they're called to, Lord God. Would you equip us, Jesus, to stand strong in the face of the accuser? And Lord, just Lord, we say right now in the name of Jesus, you have no place here. You have no hold here. And we refute you. That we're children of the Most High God. Like Jesus, we are sons and daughters of Christ. We are your sons and daughters, Lord. We're your kids, Jesus. That's our identity. That's who we are, that we're your children. We're yours, God. We thank you, Jesus. Lord, bless my friends this week, Lord. Bless them, Jesus. Amen. Bless you guys. Thank you. Um, just as a programming note, uh, we'll be continuing on in John next week. Um, so look forward to seeing you all here. Thank you. Have a great Sunday. Thank you for bearing with the discombobulation of things not being quite the way they normally are. But I think it was kind of fun. So anyway, bless you guys.